Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Well, hello and good evening, everybody. Welcome to the Talk and Cop. We're here for another full time match reaction show. It's finished at Anfield, Liverpool 3. Southampton nil. I'm your host, Matt, joined tonight, as usual, by Kev O'Sullivan. Kev, the kids are all right. Yeah, um, got through it in the end, but it wasn't all plain sailing, not by any stretch of the imagination. And yeah, they had to work hard. They had to really work hard and give a lot of credit to Southampton for the way they played and the intent that they showed in playing out from the back. You needed lungs and legs to be able to keep up with that. And I'll be honest, I was worried. With I didn't know how long they'd last or how long we'd be able to last, given like you got a lot of players that were not used to playing in front of sixty thousand people, you know, let alone the adrenaline of the coming of the come down from Sunday to have to get up to start tonight and to go again. My God, they, they did it in, in style. Some outrageous performances tonight in the end, but that's a rather look at times. Monumental effort, though. But look, we're through to the next round, and that's all it was all about. It's all it was yep. all about in the end. Fantastic. Yep. You, you got to keep, uh, you can't win all four trophies if you get knocked out in the fifth round of the FA Cup. So getting through was all that matters, and it sets up quite a yeah. uh, juicy little quarterfinal matchup at Old Trafford against Manchester United, who squeaked through at the end against Nottingham Forest. So it was a pity that match couldn't have gone to extra time. It would have been nice to have another half an hour in the legs of the Forest players. But uh, we'll make do and we'll uh, we'll deal with Saturday when we get to Saturday. But some lineup, Kev. Uh, I mean, I the game finished and I came on quick. I didn't have time to write it up to put it up on the screen. But Kelleher's in goal, uh, regardless of a few people thinking that Adrian might get his, uh, you know, first and possibly Yeah, I don't final. know where the hell that came from. That was weird. I think it's mostly just weird. I think it's mostly just concern over Kelleher. Like you just you don't you don't want him to get injured, and then we've got Allison and Kelleher out, and we have to actually rely on Adrian because that would be that would be. I just thought I just thought it was weird. I just thought it was really weird. I never thought Kelleher was not going to play. So yeah, Kelleher starts in goal, and then uh, a collection of defenders, including Bradley Gomez, Kwanzaa, Van Dyke, and Simicass, and then. Midfielders of Elliot McConnell, Clark, maybe Gakpo, and uh, Lewis Kumas throwing in there as well. And it was a real, like, okay, I presumed, and I wrote it down, that Connor Bradley would play right wing, Harvey Elliott would play the right side of midfield, and Joe Gomez would play right back, and everybody else would kind of play where you would expect them to play. But within about two minutes, it was like, is Joe Gomez playing number six yeah. for Liverpool? <laughs> I spotted it after about 10 seconds, and I was like, wow. I'll be honest, I was chatting to Chris before the game, and I looked at it, and I thought, you know what? This They could play a back three here, legitimately. They could have played a back three with Virgil in between Joe Gomez and Kwanzaa and played Bradley and Costas as wingbacks, or 3-4-3, three, three, whichever way they wanted to do it. I didn't expect to see Joe Gomez in a six. Let's be honest. I don't think anyone did. No. But safe to say, he does the role when he's inverting from either right back or left back. 
So all you're basically doing is asking him to stay there, you know, and not run back to whatever fullback position off when he's off the ball. So, I mean, look, I don't think he's a, he's probably ever played there before, and I doubt it's an experiment that too many people are going to want to revisit again. Well, well, that's exactly what Chris Golding said. So may we yeah. never see Gomez in midfield for a while. For a while, he says. Not ever. It was, Just it was needs must. This tonight was all about needs must. And back to the wall. There's players tonight that ideally you wouldn't want playing 90 minutes, but they had to suck it up and they had to they had to they had to play 90 minutes. Connor yeah. Bradley is the first Connor Bradley and Gerard Kwanzaa is probably the first time that they've played a full 90 in a good while. You know, um, not in front. You know, away from the um, under underage level, it's it's been a long time at, uh, since they've both played a full ninety. And the same can be said for Joe Gomez. He hasn't played a full ninety, I'd say, since the since Robertson and Costas came back from injury. Yeah. You know, it was. Um, I mean. It was okay. Settle into the game. Type uh, Joe's in the six. Fine. McConnell and Clark playing either side of him, and just see how it went. That's 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 how I looked at it. I thought, we'll see how it goes. See see what happens. Yeah. And within a few minutes, you start to see their threats and them on the ball. And I was like, I haven't watched Southampton since they got relegated, and the way they knock the ball about and the triangles they make around the back and. The way they play out and look to get out onto the wings and look to get was it, uh Sulamina one on one early. It was it was really good to watch. You know, if, if you're a neutral tonight watching that, you'd have been seriously impressed. You know, yeah, you'd have been seriously impressed. I I've caught a couple of Southampton games just because the the championship looks like it's gonna have a real exciting end to the season. And I watched Southampton play I think Leeds maybe a couple of weeks ago and I watched that game and I was watching it just going like both of these teams deserve to be in the Premier League like the the quality of the top three teams in the championship in Leicester Leeds and Southampton as it stands I believe currently is all three of those teams are markedly better than Sheffield United and Burnley and probably Luton Nottingham Forest and Everton and for a lot of the season Crystal Palace as well too but uh, out of the lineup Kev I have to say I was shocked that Harvey Elliott started. I was shocked. He played, I believe, the full 90 against Luton midweek. He played the yeah. full 120 minutes on Sunday, and he gets the vast majority of the game again today. Boy to be young again, Kev. Like boy to have the <laughs> boy to have the recovery ability of a 20-year-old professional athlete to be able to yeah. just get up and go again. Because in this day and age, that's impressive. pretty rare. Yeah. It is impressive. Uh <laughs> You know, credit where it's due because you got to tip your hat up to him. Because what can what can you say? It was it's monumental what they did tonight. It's ridiculous what they did. It, it really is. I mean, got through. You know, the first half was end to end. Both sides could have scored. We took our chance. They had bet. They had arguably the better chances throughout the first half, and it wasn't from a lack of effort from our part. It was, you had Harvey Elliott, Gakpo and Kumas with McConnell and Clark trying to press them and suffocate them and, and them playing out and getting, you know, man for man then against our back four. And that's the way the whole first half played out. And it would have been so much different if we had a normal side out. Yeah. Then it's all, the press is much more organized and they read it much better. That's no, not a slight on any of the guys who played tonight, but the, some of the more senior players read the press really well. And you'd have probably created much better opportunities against Southampton with our normal 11. But the front three and the other two midfielders, excluding Gomez in the first half, worked their socks off. You know, they, And that's what was worrying me. It was really worrying me, especially with Harvey Elliott, with the amount of football he's played recently. I thought the amount of effort they're putting in to press and counter press here, they're winning the ball back in good areas and they're not getting rewarded for it. It was unbelievable to see him. And 
the longer the half went on, the more organized it became, the better we got at it. The first 20 minutes, they were finding gaps and being able to play through it. And we were really having to, it was edge, edge of the sea, fly by the seat of your pants defending at times. But the longer it went on, the better they got. And the, it, it, it was something to see. It really was. I was so impressed. I was, of all the games we've got coming up and we've played recently, tonight was the one that worried me most. I said that to you the other day when we were we were chatting. Tonight was the game that worried me most because I thought I looked at who was going to probably be available and who would have to be rested. And I thought if there's a potential banana skin, it's this one. And the way we've come through it tonight, unbelievable. Blown yeah. away. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you you talk about good work, Kev. And I mean, if we're gonna talk about good work, I would definitely direct everybody towards the link to our two charity partners because uh the two charities that we're working with this year in terms of fan supporting food banks out of Liverpool and the Lighthouse Cafe in Dublin are doing even better work than our kids have done in the last couple of games for us. So Please, if you can, go to the link, donate to the GoFundMe. We're trying to raise 10,000 euros for these two fantastic organizations. Share the link amongst your social media accounts. Uh, you know, Gav keeps on saying it. If everybody that listens to these shows, both live and after the fact, just donates a euro into it, boom, we've hit our target, we're done, and we can stop harping on about it. We won't, but we could. We won't. Uh, and, of course, the other charity you'll find in the description for the show, whether it's on YouTube or podcast, is for Phil Casey of this channel, who is doing five endurance uh, bicycle swim running races, raising money for another uh, organization that does fantastic work in the Laura Lynn Hospice out of Dublin, which is Ireland's only children's hospice. So if you know, you know, and hopefully you never need their services. So that's why Phil's trying to raise 5000 for them. Please help us hit these targets for uh, for our charities because this is what the channel does and is all about. And also, I would highly encourage everybody to become a member of the channel if you can because we do, in fact, have another episode of The Greatest coming up tomorrow evening. And uh, the, uh, the the series so far has been absolutely fantastic. But you said, Kev, that Southampton had the better chances. I mean, fifth minute, Camel Dean Suleiman hits the post. 30 seconds later, yeah, he should. 30 seconds later, Kelleher makes a, a big save. Van Dyke, he's probably asking a little bit too much of McConnell with the pass that he plays for him. He loses the ball. Uh, Sekumara has a good chance. Kelleher, another good save. Low down to his right. Gets it there. Makes another save a few minutes later. It ended up being offside, but it was another good save from Quivin Kelleher, who, boy, he's fine in form at just the right time, isn't he, Kev? I mean, he's from down in your neck of the woods. and Yeah. When, when we... When we need him, <laughs> yeah, he he's outstanding. Um, he makes really good saves. There was one in the second half where, or sorry, in the first half, I think towards the end of the half, where he was already on the ground, and all Salamina had to do was lift it. I think that was more luck than judgment because he went down to try to save the first shot. That I think it uh, there was a block on it, and it went out to Sulemana, and he went along the ground instead of going over the top. That was more luck than judgment. Everything else, he got absolutely spots on. But the most, the one thing that I'm impressed with, Cuevin Kelleher, more than anything else, is his distribution. His calmness on the ball. He is the complete modern keeper. Um, he is the spare man at the back. You know, he, you have absolutely no qualms about passing the ball, giving it to him. Even when he's potentially being marked, you trust him to be to make the right decisions, and he can go off left foot or right foot. I thought that part of his game tonight was outstanding. It was it was is, absolutely brilliant. Is he left footed? Like, it's actually hard. No, to he's right footed. No, he's right footed. He, he is right footed. He passes yeah. the ball with so much confidence with his left foot. Like it's yeah. it's really good. And he had one lovely. I don't know if you'd call it a Cruyff turn. I don't know exactly what the the bar is for calling something a Cruyff turn late in the game. That was just. Like, boy, he's completely brimming with confidence. I mean, 13 minutes, Southampton have a counter, and I put this down to, I would say the only, the only downside I took out of this game was I did a lot of swearing at Costa Simicast uh, on the TV. I, I felt that the when the ball came to him when we were trying to attack, he was too slow with it. He was slowing the ball down. And in the 13th minute, he tried to press for a ball that he was never going to get and left us so wide open at the back. And like you said, we really rode our luck 15 minutes. 
we had our obligatory, this is the chance for Joe Gomez. He gets into a great opportunity playing in the six. Tons of space, ball at his feet, and it is one of the worst shots he will ever take. And I'm I'm now of the opinion that it's just, it's literally never going to happen. He's never, ever going to score for Liverpool. And I'm okay with that because we found other guys that can come in and score for us. But it was around about 25 minutes, Kev, that I felt like we had ridden the storm and we started yeah. to come into the game. Yeah, when... Um... That was it. it. It it took that long for us to, to like get a grip with what they were doing and how they were trying to do it. And look, they're in the they're, these are a side that are used to winning, you know. And it doesn't matter what division you're in or what league you're in. If you're a side that's used to going out and playing the way you play and getting results with the way you play, that breeds confidence. And they played like a confident side. You know, and you look at the players they, they played tonight. Some of them experienced a few names that you'll have known. Bednarek and Stevens have been around for a while. Um, Arebo was at Rangers for a while. Suleiman, I knew for a good while. Um, I knew, knew him before he went to Southampton. Highly rated, rapid, rapid as you, as you like. He is proper quick. And, you know, they're not, and a lot of, a couple of kids as well that came out of Man City's academy that, Southampton decided to take a punt on, pay decent money to develop, and that's kind of like their 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 money ball players. You know, they want to develop them to sell them on, and to do that, you have to play a, a certain way of uh, a certain type of football. And we were playing with an eleven that I guarantee you, six weeks ago, would never have thought would have played a game together outside of a run of the mill training session. You know, it. And you're trying to get to grips with a side who are third in the championship, scoring goals for fun, and confident as the day is long. And it took us 20-odd minutes to get to grips with it. Once we got to grips with it, and we started keeping possession a bit more, we put our foot in the ball a bit more, and we started to read their press a little bit better. But it wasn't really until half-time and the second half when we came into our own. And... Then they started to get tired, and then the more mistakes started creeping into their game, and we started being more aggressive. And that's only down to the management and the players, because the players had to believe that they could keep going. And that's why that's the other side that would make you so impressed and so proud of tonight's performance: the fact that they had the the legs and the lungs to keep going, because that's not easy. Chasing and harrying a side like that constantly, knowing that. Odds are you might not get it and just go back and do it again and again and again and again, because that's yeah. what you're expected to do. It's not easy. It's uh, It was one of my halftime notes that I was really concerned that we were going to get tired out from chasing them around because every time they got the ball at the back, like I don't know if they went long once when they restarted from a goal kick. Like they no. were so happy to pull us in and we'd end up with, five, six, seven players, you know, pushing up and being within 30 yards of their goal. And it was the threat of one ball over the top and they could break. And that's kind of what we saw in the first, you know, 20 minutes, half an hour sort of thing. And there were some moments of great defending. I mean, 22 minutes, Kwanzaa does fantastically. 36 minutes, Southampton have an odd man break. I think it was 4v3, maybe 3v2. Virgil van Dijk does absolutely excellently. 40th minute, Kwanzaa, again, fantastically he does. And then we get the breakthrough. We get the breakthrough. The son of a former footballer, which we ended up, what, three of them on the pitch at some point tonight? Yeah. Lewis Kumas? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, Lewis. I had to write his first name down because I couldn't have told you what it was before the game started. I mean... John, this, this, game, this, game is a, this game has really got a habit of fucking aging you as, as, as someone who's watched football because watch all their dads play and watch some of their dads make debuts. You know, it's like... It's mad, but I look. He t he was brave when he got on the ball, chopped in, took a touch. Shawnee's in the comment in the comments there. Shades of Alana with Kumas, and he means it in the best possible way. Yeah, it it was. He he took the he took the extra touch to create the angle. I think that's that was going in irrespective of the deflection because the keeper had already sold himself. The keeper had already already gone, and he wasn't getting back. So. The deflection helped, obviously, 
and then you pump. Because, to be honest, I looked at the stats at halftime. Both sides had six efforts on goal. Or six efforts and two efforts each on goal. But it just felt like they had the better chances. Some of their misses that they had in the first half, they should have, shouldn't have been missing. And we were scattering for it. You know, we were really scratching. We had two efforts in, on target in the first half. And the second one was was the goal. And you needed that bit of confidence going into halftime because you knew there was going to be a bit of a regroup and uh, Linders and the rest of the coaches would get into the lads and show them examples of where they're playing and the patterns of play, how they're playing out, and drilled into them where to press and when. And, you know, you're going in with a 1-0 lead and it's like, okay, whatever chance Southampton have of getting one back, they're not scoring two. So... You know, you're going in one nil up at halftime, arguably against the runner play, but you take it and you reset and you regroup. Were you surprised with the change? No, no. Uh, it's it felt like it was going to be like somebody said like when halftime broke, somebody threw into the telegram that it looked like Ibu was coming on and didn't say who for. And so it was like, yeah. well, presumably Gomez, cause he was the most fish out of water. And then you start doing kind of the, the lineup in your head going like, well, that has to be three at the back. Like if you're playing with Kwanzaa, Kanate and Virgil on the pitch at the same time, it has to be three at the back. And then it was like, oh, it's obviously a 45, 45. Like it, it just has to be a 45, 45 between the two. I mean, you say that we went into the half one nil it should have been 2-0, Kev. It should have been 2-0. Like, first off, just on the goal, Bobby Clark does very well. The, the ball that he plays the Kumas before he's like, I mean, it's an assist. I'm, I'm guessing that would be Bobby Clark's yeah. first assist for Liverpool. That's a great piece of vision right there. That little reverse ball to get him through, cuts it in there. But then pretty much immediately after the restart, Cody Gakpo didn't have the best night. <laughs> I... I'd imagine he was a bit leggy after his exertions on Sunday as well and surrounded yeah. by players that he's probably never met before. Kumas does extremely <laughs> well. I mean, McConnell does well to win the ball back from Southampton. Kumas gets the ball. He slots Gakpo in, and Gakpo pulls the ball wide. But it was that goal right before halftime was all that I wanted, With especially after the first half an hour where we seemed to take their, take their best shot, you know, feel how the game was going to play itself out and go, okay, you guys are going to play your game that you're playing in the championship. That's fine. This is how we're going to counter that. Doesn't look like you're going to be able to hurt us that bad, but if we can get that goal before halftime, that changes everything because then all their plans are thrown out the window. So uh, no, the change at halftime, once I realized that obviously it had to be Van Dyke, he was coming on for that makes that made perfect sense. And where was that comment? Shit, Where did it go? Oh, the chat is lively tonight. Everybody's, ah, there it is, from Kieran yeah. B. He says that uh, Kamaldine Suleimana was kind of roasting us in the first half and Kanate sorted him out. And did he ever. Whoo, Ibu yeah. Kanate. I mean, damn. The boy he's... has got size. He's got pace. He's got presence. That's a That was a great 45 minutes from Ibu Kanate. Yeah. Arsenal fans talk about Saliba and Saliba is this, that, and the other. Saliba and Kanate are the future of French football. That's the future centre-back pairing for France for the foreseeable. They're hands down the two best young centre-backs in the league. Kanate has been outstanding uh, these last few games. Uh, and Tonight, he was ridiculously good and brave and confident and aggressive. Front foot, getting out in front of players, you know, seeing reading the pass into the forwards before it came and being brave enough to go, trusting Kwanzaa to back him up. Um is is really I mean, I knew he was good. We all anyone who watched him play for Leipzig knew that he was a good player. That he was he was easily the best centre back that they had. And at the time it was him or Upa Meccano were were, you know, the two. To me personally, I thought Klosterman was Klosterman's another one. He's he was there. He's there at the time. He's really good as well as well back then. But Kanate just looked brilliant because he was playing in a system there where he was comfortable playing out as a right back or right centre back in a three, and he looked so comfortable playing in that position. So the way we've adapted, he's comfortable playing that. Yeah, he's got more ground to cover, 
but he's more than capable of doing it because of his sheer physicality. He's an absolute monster and deceivingly quick over the ground with big long legs. Take you know, they just chew the ground up. And if you're a defender, you know you're not getting away from it. Suleimana, apparently, what they were saying in the commentary, had recorded the fastest sprint speed in the World Cup, 35.7 miles per hour. Wow. And he never got away from Ibu. And he, he couldn't. And he tried a few times, and he just couldn't. And the fact then that you had Gerald Kwanzaa going from right centre-back to left centre-back, and he didn't skip a beat. He didn't skip a beat. He was just ridiculously good. I'm sorry. Red Steve says, Upa me hoop. Ibu walks all over him. I, it's, uh, yeah. that's, that's, but at that's the time, I'm telling you, the discussion was real. Yeah. At the time, the discussion was real because Upa Makana, before he went to Bayern Munich, didn't have the frailties exposed in his game. And we're seeing why now. Because he was protected by Klosterman and uh, Ibu Kanate. And Ibu Kanate, yeah, that that helps. I mean, uh, our boy McGlinchey here, he says, Kanate was brilliant when he came on. He stopped Mara, I think, from having a tap-in. And that's yeah. the first note I have in the second half. I I put it down as a great save to Kelleher, but he's mostly just in the way. But the touch that Kanate gets on it, because Southampton break down their right-hand side. It's a good cross yeah. put in. Again, I feel that Simicast was a bit on the defensive end of things there. Ibu Kanate, that, that touch is so important because that's just a buried tap-in. Now, maybe it's not because we saw on the weekend that Quivian Kelleher can make that save from that point-blank range with a ton of power on it. So maybe it wouldn't have been a goal. But a huge touch from Ibu Kanate. Kelleher makes the save at the near post, and it's and it's good. And yeah, you said like the, the, the ability of Jarrell Kwanzaa to just be like, oh, it's okay, Ibu, don't worry. I'll, I'll switch positions. I'm yeah. 20. It's my first season yeah. playing. He's twenty-one now. Is he? But, oh, yeah. okay. Well, never mind. He's, just, no more he's twenty-one recently. It's 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 just brilliant, man. I, it's this has been such a fun eight days of being a Liverpool fan and getting to do post-match reactions between the yeah. Luton match and you get that reaction that we needed for that big win in the league. You know where Virgil Van Dyke says, "Follow my example here, boys." We get to win a cup on Sunday and I get to get absolutely shmammered on YouTube with you. And then you come into this game and you're like, like Klopp said, of like, I don't even know who's going to be able to play. And you look at yeah. the team that we throw out there and they all play like Liverpool players. They all, they know their jobs. They play in the same manner. They give a hundred percent effort. Everybody seems to know what they're doing. Maybe not when we get on to talking about Trainioni towards the end. I, I couldn't help but noticing that Alexis McAllister was doing a fair amount of talking him through that game. But that's what experience is there for. But, yeah. I mean, I don't know if, even at this point of the season, you consider Kwanzaa and Connor Bradley to be part of the kids anymore. They're just oh. first-team players. Yeah, they're first-team players. And at the end of the day, I think the start of the season, I was looking... I looked at both and I thought, okay, Kwanzaa's going to come in. He's going to play, you know, get some Europa League games. You get the early rounds of the League Cup and they'll reassess it in January and maybe he'll go out on loan for the second half of the season. And then Joel Matip gets that season-ending injury and it's like, okay, now you're in it now. You know, there's three centre-backs plus Joe Gomez and you're thinking, okay, those four, have to see us through because the other option was, especially when when the massive injury happened, a lot of talk. Okay, who's who? We're going to have. We might have to dip into the transfer market in January. Yeah. The same argument with Connor Bradley. Connor Bradley can cover Trent in the in the cup games in the early rounds of the Europa League. Then he picks up a knock. He gets injured, and he comes back and he's thrust into it. And it's like, you know, there's nowhere else to go. There's no transfer with market open. There's injury. There's people. There's bodies flowing left, right, and center. It, and it was literally for the two of them. It was sink, sink or swim. And they've both took to it like ducks to water. They're they're flying. And you can't look at it at either of them now any other way than they are first team squad players available to come in and start when needed. 
and I don't worry when either of them are starting games. You know, I mean, don't get me wrong. I'd worry if Kwanzaa was starting against Man City and it was Haaland. But other than that, I wouldn't worry about him playing against anyone. And his ability to read the games, he's just getting better and better and better. Connor Bradley, same. He's just getting better and better and better. You know, look, we're not the stage where you're looking at it and say, Connor Bradley, okay, Trent, sit down. You know, you, Trent's got to struggle to get back in the side. He's not. No. All right, let's not, <laughs> let's no. not get ahead of ourselves. You know, there's still a lot to his game that he's going to have to improve on. But all the signs are there. He's improving at a rate of knots. And the more well, he what, plays, the better he gets. And what we're not having to do, Kev, is do shows after disappointing draws or defeats going, you know, it's we're really missing Trent and we're really missing Joel Matip and we're really missing Sabasai and Salah. And I, if I start listing the names of all of our injured players off, we're going to be here for another hour and 45 minutes again. Uh, <laughs> Red Steve back in again. He says, the kids have been great, but I'm not against some of the senior players showing up for work now. And I mean, that'll be the big question coming into coming into Saturday. I mean, we're going into the second half. I mean, 52nd minute, we got a good counter. Uh, Harvey Elliott plays a great pass. Bobby Clark, who was, I think, quite under the radar, very good today. Yeah, it was. It, was it, like, it struck me as one of those kind of like Ginny Wijnaldum, Curtis Jones type midfield games where they didn't do anything spectacular that really made you go like, holy shit, look at look at Bobby Clark. But the way he played, the tenacity of just getting in, very reminiscent to how he played on Sunday. Uh, it was another chance that Cody Gakpo uh, pulled a little bit wide. Ibu Kanate then does fantastically against Kamaldin Sulemana again. Then the Southampton, Southampton have to ring the changes. Adam Armstrong comes on, who is their top scorer, comes on for Sulemana, who just who could not finish for the life of him. Uh, Kyle Walker-Peters comes on for somebody named Bree, who is playing right back. And I, I don't know if Walker-Peters went off injured uh, before the end of the game. On my feed, they were talking like he had picked up uh, – had picked up an injury there. Then we make our changes. Uh, McAllister comes on for McConnell. And uh, yes, uh, somebody said it. I Again, you guys are killing it with the comments tonight and they're flying right by me. But the, somebody's calm said, uh, Liverpool is making a change up top to bring some more experience on when we took Lewis Kumas off and brought Jaden <laughs> Dance onto the pitch. <laughs> Which, I mean, is technically <laughs> correct. It is technically yeah. correct because I did not mention it off the start. That was Lewis Kumas's very first minutes for Liverpool Football Club. So yeah. I mean, take debut a bow, goal. son. A, a proper debut goal, like as yeah. the Aussies would say, on debut. Brilliant! You yeah. couldn't ask for you could. I mean, maybe if it, if the goal was going into the cop, so he scored into the Annie Road end because it was in well, the first half. That's about it. Okay, aged eighteen years, one hundred and sixty-two days. Lewis Kumas, the fourth youngest player. Ever to score on his senior debut. Hey, he the ones he's ahead who are younger than him, Michael Owen, Jordan Rossiter, Jimmy Melia. And he's ahead of Robbie Fowler. I mean, the world is his oyster. You know, he's 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 done it at youth level all the way through the ranks, and he's got an eye for goal. He's a silky smooth footballer. He's come on tonight, scored on his debut at Anfield in a meaningful game, not a throw away, throw away end of season, you know, run in where you're just ticking off the games because there's nothing left to play for. It's a fifth round of the FA Cup after we've won the League Cup, and we're chase, we're trying to chase four trophies. It's on him, you know, and he comes on, makes a debut, makes an impact. 62 minutes. What more do you want? Yeah, you know, it's ridiculous. It is ridiculous. It really, it really is. Like, yeah. And uh, McGlinchey says, uh, even if these lads don't find a career here, they're going to get full profit off them. So that's brilliant work from Alex Inglethorpe and co for nurturing so many good youth players. And that is especially in light of the Chelsea news getting a regurgitation. I think it was yesterday, maybe the, the rounds going about how much Chelsea need to sell off and how they're going to be into selling off their homegrown players, their academy players, of which their cupboard is starting to run fairly bare. So the future for Liverpool in terms of staying on the right side of the PSR rules, the FFP rules, looks very good because not all of these players, there's there's no chance. I mean, if they do, my God, you know, the dream is, is to have an 11 made up of your academy. I mean, that's really the dream. 
that all the kids, you know, are homegrown scousers that were peeking through the fence at the training center sort of thing. And, you know, they, they absolutely bleed Liverpool red. That's not going to happen. A lot of the, the vast majority of these players will come and they will go and they will flush out the coffers for Liverpool football club. And it's just pure, pure, pure profit for us. But I mean, you can't, you can't be upset with the way that they're playing. And I mean, yeah, to score on your debut, that's absolutely fantastic. So, I mean, Jaden Dans comes on. The game is in the balance. You know, it's 1-0. The next goal is going to be absolutely, absolutely crucial. And on the 67th minute, I mean, the jokes write themselves. I know he sounds like a French restaurant, but Shea Charles, oh my. Southampton have, I think it was their sixth corner of the match. Ibu Kanate gets his head on the ball. Think he didn't feel where the header went because it came off of his head back towards our goal line, and all of our defenders looked like the ball had been headed out, and it was going to be a, a typical red arrows counterattack from the opposition team's corner. And we all just kind of stopped, and the ball falls to Shea Charles, and oh, that's a miss! But he's got yeah. it. Yeah, there it is. That is Red Steve. I knew somebody was going to go with the Ray Charles joke on it because. He just he doesn't sort his feet out, but I mean, Kev, that's atrocious. That miss. Yeah, it is. It's uh, it's one of those where if he gets the right contact on it and goes back across goal, that's probably going in. And you wouldn't have said they didn't deserve it, you know, because they were still lively. I thought we bossed second half, you know, but you know they'd made the changes, they brought on some experience. Carl Walker Peters came on. Adam Armstrong, Scottish international, came on. Um, two players with Premier League experience, know what it's like, know what it takes. But it seemed when we made our changes, Alexis McAllister, Jaden Dance, we, we, we got more control. But yeah, they were always likely and always felt we needed a second because at 1-0, anything can happen. And with the way they were countering, anything could happen. That was a terrible miss. You know, he'll have nightmares about that for weeks. You know, he will. There's just no getting away from it. But at the same time, it was a let off, you know. And we started, when when Alexis come on, he changed the game. He changed the flow of the game when he came on. he's, He's really, really good. Yeah, he's a proper footballer. <laughs> Boy, don't don't undersell it or anything, Kev. Yes, Alexis McAllister is incredibly good. No, but it's it, we we all I think we changed shape to four two three one then because Harvey Elliott went wide on the right and he stayed wide. And um what's his name? Oh, but Clark stayed yeah. on the left and we just had a more even flow about it. About how we were, how we were pressing, how we were keeping possession, and we looked more stable. And then it was just a case of just get a second, just just get one. And hmm. I don't, I couldn't give a monkeys who scored it. Didn't care. Uh, you know, Cody mean, had one you, of those nights. Had Cody choose. had one of those nights to to forget. Yeah. You know, he he had two or three where he just abs. He looked like tonight he was carrying the weight of the world on his shoulders. That it had to be it had to be him. He was the senior guy. And he looked he just looked like he was a guy playing with like two big sacks of spuds, one on each shoulder, because he just never looked right. Even when he took his shots. There was one where he was through and he absolutely smashed it and it just went wide. All he had to do was dink it. Yeah. All he had to do was dink it over the keeper like he did against Manchester was, United. Was that the one we where he picked that... the ball up and he shrugged two of their players off? Like I, I don't know if there I think there was a retroactive yellow card in that one for Smallbone. But at one point, he yeah. picks the ball up about 20 yards out from our goal line and just... Yeah, that was really late. Yeah, just shrugs Smallbone aside and then rides off another tackle and you're like, ah, oh, just go and do it. Just place it into the net and he just yeah. blasts it over. But... yeah. But you know that he's that that's not him. That that's no. a night isn't him. It wasn't a lack of effort. He ran his he ran his socks off, ran his heart out. And the worry is he ran himself into the ground. 
and we don't know what we're going to need or what's available to us for Saturday. So he might have to go again. You know, he, so he very well might have to. So yeah. it's like at the end of it, he was putting in a shift right up until the end. He was leading the press all night. He never stopped. So like, people get on his back and what have you. <laughs> no, but they're the on day, your back. <laughs> Skelter Pete, understatement of the month. World Cup winning midfielder Alexis McAllister is really, really, really good. Yeah, you'll, you'll very in. rarely, you'll very rarely, if ever, hear me use the phrase world class. Yeah. You'll very rarely hear me say because I, I don't throw the word out lightly. I think he's a very, very good player. I don't think he's world class. Uh, I think we've got probably, you can count on one hand the amount of world class players that we have. All right. Alexis McAllister is not world class. Alexis no. McAllister is very, very good. Yeah, he's a top quality player. He's one of the best players in the Premier League, in my opinion. Bang for buck, he's been one of the signings of the season. He is not world class. Ashley L. Yes. With, yeah. uh, with, yes. with an educator's mindset. My yeah. wife is a teacher, and this word is key. I don't know something yet. He's not world class yet. He might he get there. He <laughs> might get there. He might, and I think he probably he's he he probably would do. I, he's, yeah, he rattled when he walked. You should have seen what he done when he ran. <laughs> uh, let's get into the absolute good bits, though, Kev. Let's get into the good bits. The 73rd minute, eventually, it was always going to come. And it, I I go back, my halftime, my halftime notes were Southampton looked the better team for the first 25 minutes. We eventually grew into it. They missed some chances, but we are going to create a pile more chances with Southampton playing out from the back like they are. And on the 73rd minute, Will Tinycock, sorry, small bone, passes the ball to absolutely nobody playing out from the back and eventually our relentless, relentless pressing from the front of Southampton playing out from the back pays off. Harvey Elliott's there to pick the ball up. It's a gorgeous pass. Like, it's it's the type of pass, and it's so fitting that Harvey Elliott seems to want to model his game and looks up so much to Mo Salah because that is that little Mo Salah left-footed side pocket pass <laughs> to Darwin Nunez making that run. <laughs> I'm telling you, they're, they're absolutely giving it to you. <laughs> oh, oh, it's the best chat. It's the best chat in football podcasting. If you're not a member, please become a member because this is the sort of silliness you get. But Harvey Elliott plays that little reverse pass in for Jaden Dance, who has arced his run perfectly. And shades yeah. of Cody Gakpo against David De Gea in the 7-0. A perfect dink. And I mean, what a week, Kev. Can, like, can you have a better week? No, you can't, can you? I mean, at the end of the day, he was unlucky not to get a goal uh, on Sunday with that header. Um, he he just looks like he looks he look he's huge. Do you know what I mean? You see him and Ibu standing together. I he's got to be what six foot two. He's yeah. got to be six foot two. Has to be. Which if he grew and, ten inches in the last eight months, he was a tiny little shit before. Yeah, but like I mean, at the end of the day, he never looks up. He never looks up to see where the keeper is. That I is think. a proper striker's finish. You know, he he watches the ball all the way and he trusts that the keeper is coming and the keeper is diving at his feet and he just makes sure he gets the contact absolutely spot on. And it was a brilliant finish. Forget the fact that it's his third appearance, I think. You know, he's not even played 45 minutes of football for us yet. You know, it's and wild. It's wild. To have the composure. Not look up in that you're you're in front of the clock. You don't look up. You know that this is your chance. This is the one that you've been dreaming about for years. And there you go. Dink. So L1 chip, if you're playing FIFA, L1 chip, bang. Not to the extent of Darwin Nunes' L1 goal that he uh, he scored. I don't even remember how many games that was ago, back when he was... It's a beautiful finish. It's a yeah. beautiful finish. And it was really well worked. The bat, I mean, Swobon gives the ball away. He tries to pass it back to Manning. The, um, Elliot sneaks in, nicks it, 
and Elliot makes the goal with the pass. He makes he makes the decision for the striker, and that's what you get from the best number tens is that they make the decision for the striker. <laughs> and it was just all right, uh yeah, uh comment's gone off. Um he just make he just makes the finish, he just makes a finish for the striker. And yeah. he just does he just makes a decision for him. You know, and that, that was perfect. And it was more than Harvey Elliott deserved because he was again lungs and legs for days. The kid just kept going and going and going. Heart of a lion. Yeah. yeah I, brilliant. I, I gotta say this about Harvey Elliott because you know you've done enough of these shows with me and the yeah. regulars in the chat will know that I'm a very big fan of Harvey Elliott. My favorite tiny tiny iota of post-match content from sunday kev and i don't know if you saw it but when the team is lined up facing the the fans in wembley singing you'll never walk alone harvey elliott cannot help himself to break the line and stand with his scarf above his head he is so much a fucking fan of this team like harvey elliott is as big a fan as Liverpool Football Club as anybody that's in this chat. Anybody. That kid, he fucking loves Liverpool. And I am so happy for him that he gets to play for a team that undoubtedly means so much to him. So much to him. And he's really starting to find his feet. Because it's not long after that that he's picking the ball up and he's just dancing through the middle of the park. He sets Alexis McAllister up for a shot, blazes it over the top of the bar. And then the moment that I was hoping we were going to get, regardless of the outcome, Kev, the 78th minute, Liverpool set some records. I'm presuming it's two records. Obviously, one record gets set in the youngest player to ever play for Liverpool in the FA Cup, Trainioni. I'm also presuming that it's the highest squad number that Liverpool's ever fielded. Because I can't think of a 99. I'd say if you added up all the squad numbers of tonight, of of who, who finished that game, I'd say, yeah, you you wouldn't, you'd be... Was there anyone on the pitch that finished the game that had a single-digit number Ibu. on their shirt? Ibu, yeah. Ibu, that's Nobody it. else. Did Gomez finish yeah. the game? Yeah, he did. Yeah, okay. So it Gomez is. and Ibu. But Gomez I mean, I think Ibu just as an individual player, because Trainioni comes onto the pitch wearing number 98. I just, I, I can't imagine that. 16, uh, 16 years of age. I, it's, and I mean, within a minute of being on the pitch, he's robbing a Southampton player and setting up a chance for us. Like, I I would say that McAllister was, was helping him along, guiding him through the yeah. game, but he did not look overawed. He looks like he's built out of toothpicks. You know, he could definitely put uh, maybe 10, 15 pounds of muscle onto him. But oh yeah, just another another kid off of the production line comes up. Ah, shit. Ashley is always here to ruin it. Tom, Tom Hill. Hill <laughs> Tom Hill played wearing the, the Gretzky 99 in 2019. Well, thanks a lot, Tom Hill. You've ruined that for me. So one well, record was set today. One tra- record. Trainioni has been talked about as, I mean, Musilowski is the one uh, coming through that was touted as being like, you know, proper, absolute class. This kid is being talked about as being potentially a superstar. You know, so... They brought him in. I think was it did they bring him in from Stoke? No Leicester. Someone in the chat it was a Leicester, Lester. was it? Yeah. It's it's three hundred K market value, my arse. <laughs> not anymore. You know, not anymore. You know, he was he was born in two thousand and seven. Fucking hate life. <laughs> yeah, well, where is that? Uh, hold on a second. There's uh there was some good stats here ashley l has been ah here it is fun fact from ashley l trainioni was born four days before fernando torres signed for liverpool so if you weren't feeling old just from the general aches and pains of your day-to-day life there's one to make you i'll give you another one trainioni is the first player born in 2007 to play for liverpool he was born over a month after the champions league final against milan of that year 
aged 16 years, 243 days. He's the third youngest debutant in the club's history after Jerome Sinclair, Harvey Elias, and he's next. You know, well, if it, he can if he can emulate the Harvey Elliott, not the Jerome Sinclair in there. I tell you what, and it's interesting. Someone mentioned earlier, do you remember uh, Jerome Sinclair? The structure that Alex Inglethorpe has put in place for the youngsters at this club is monumental. Ali McCoy's mentioned it in commentary. He's created the atmosphere for them to become proper characters. Well, you know, it's, I saved this one from right at the very start of the show. This is from like 45 minutes ago. Chris Hockley says, this is our class of 92, the first batch of kids to be taught from a young age, the Klopp way, and seeing the chances these kids get will only spur on more to come through. Class of 24, this is it. And I, not yeah. enough credit can be given to the decision. I don't know exactly if it was one person or a group that made it, but FSG gets a ton of credit for it, of consolidating the entire system in one location and having it so that those young kids, and I heard, I heard the story, I'm presuming it's true, is that the senior players play at the back so that the young kids get that exposure to the senior team is that the, like the unders aren't, you know, sequestered off to the sides of, Oh, you don't talk to them. You don't talk to them. It's, it's creating this harmony amongst the whole, the whole club the whole from the Academy up. Yeah. It's massive. It, I mean, it's all Klopp and, and Alex Inglethorpe. It's the two of them. You know, it's, it's a joint vision that the two of them have. That you have to become self-sufficient if you're going to try to compete with petrostates, you know, and cheating scumbags. Then you have to be inventive in how you do it, and the best way to do it is to is DIY. Do it yourself. You know, bring through your own players. If you can bring through Chelsea, Chelsea made a Chelsea made it was their financial model for a decade, supplemented by Abramovich. But in essence, their financial model like a hundred million pounds a year supplemented yeah. by Abramovich. But yeah, I know. But without the set the home the sales of homegrown players, they couldn't have done what they've done. Yeah. If we can do that without having to sell them all. We can develop them, bring them through, keep a couple, and when player when as uh, I think it was an interview Klopp gave recently, and he said when a spot in the squad opens up, and they think, okay, we need we might need to go into the market. The first thing they'll do is have we got anyone in the club capable of stepping up, and they will look seriously at them. They won't just give it a. Uh, and a nod and a wink and say, yeah, we've looked at the under-23s. There's no one there. Give me 50 million. Yeah. They will trust the process. And all we can do as fans, do the same. Trust the process. You know? I mean, nobody in their right mind thought that we would be seeing Bobby Clark this year. But I remember during the summer, an interview with his father, actually. And his father was being asked about a potential law move for Bobby Clark. And he said, no, Jurgen has assured him that he's going to get minutes this season. And he trusts that he trusts the people at Liverpool are guiding him in the right direction. You know, and he gave an interview the other night on uh, Talksport where he was saying, Yeah, I'm no longer Lee Lee Clark, the uh, ex Newcastle and England player. I'm now Lee Clark, Bobby Clark's dad. You know, that that's that's who he is now. Yeah, I I, I love the, I love the setup. There's the stories everywhere. I love the setup there, Kev. I'm going to try to get through some of Ashley's quotes that she's provided for us as graciously as she always does because we are quickly approaching the hour mark, and I told Kev I wouldn't keep him for another yeah. two hours again tonight. Jaden Dan's on his father. <laughs> he said he was crying when I made my debut. I don't know what he is going to do now. Goes on to say the second one was just pure joy. I didn't think it would come to me, and it's a dream come true. I've supported the club since birth. It doesn't feel real to score in front of the cop. Well, you did it twice. Uh their manager, uh, Southampton, forgot who we played again tonight. Uncle Veen Keller, their goalkeeper made some incredible saves. Yeah, no uh, no kidding. Yeah, uh, yeah, where is it here? Klopp says uh, we really needed Kweeb to save us. Thankfully, he did. Jurgen Klopp goes on to say incredible game. Southampton obviously is a top side. We all saw that. Our midfield press in the first half, the timing was not right. Joe, Joe Gomez played the six for the first time. We noticed. Uh, Klopp, I said before the game, Lewis is a fantastic finisher already, obviously talking about Kumas. 
Uh, we deserve to go through it was a top performance, obviously, and we should not forget that Trey came on. What a player he is. I love the fact that his full name is actually Trey Maurice, which is very Maurice. Yeah. Like there's a regular amount of Maurice and then there's extra Maurice, which is Trey Maurice. Uh, Jurgen Klopp on Jaden Dans. Danny, we knew he was quite a good finisher. First is exceptional, but there's no difference to youth level. The ball is played. He's really calm. He knows what to do. Uh, Klopp, oh my God. The whole event was pretty special. We don't want to make it about us, but the situation is horribly difficult. We have too many games, not enough players. For some reason, there's a real positive mood around the dressing room and the training ground. We just accept the fact that we are obviously a little bit in trouble and we have to find solutions. Klopp goes on to say, we have a bunch of really good boys with a massive Liverpool heart and they love playing for the club. And I think that's pretty much just about it, except for I saved yeah. Ashley's best comment of the night, which is this chat is the best kept football secret on YouTube. So yeah, tell your friends about yeah. it because literally it um, is. I agree with Red Steve. Ashley, world class. Yes. Yeah. It's she makes my uh, she makes my job being <laughs> being yeah. uh, the host of these post match shows so much better going through and getting all these quotes for me. And I really, really, really do appreciate it. What else I would appreciate is if everybody that's in here watching tonight got almost about 300 of y'all, please hit that little thumbs up button for us. If you're listening afterwards on a podcast download, it really does. Whether it's just knowing how many people are watching or whether you guys like it or not, if you're listening on a podcast download, rate and review the show. If there's something you'd like to see us do different or something new you'd like us to try, whether it's a member show or something like that, throw your suggestions in there. Gav will get you know into reading them. Don't worry about it. These, these things don't just get lost. The channel's still small enough that we can actually respond to your guys' interactions. But again, four euro a month to become a member, the, the easiest thing you could possibly do. And it is so, so much fun. Uh, we're going to get back into the groove of things. I think Gav has finally maybe recovered from his weekend out with Emmett, the absolute bats, basket case in Liverpool. Uh, Gav did quite well. I don't know if you saw his, uh, his little guest appearance on the Anfield wrap, but yeah, I did. I saw it last night. Saw it last night. Good. Really good. Yeah, it was very good. But uh, again, if the four-year-old month, if that's not your thing, if you don't want to become a member, that's fine. But please help us out with our fundraisers. Uh, again, that's the most important thing going. Or if you got an extra four-year-old month, check out footballprizes.co.uk. They got a lovely Darwin Nunez prize that's going out currently. Limited number of tickets. Tons of instant prizes. You can win just by buying a ticket without even winning the main prize. There's going to be some absolute bangers coming out towards the end of the season. I imagine we're going to get some League Cup winning stuff. You might even start to see some signed jerseys from some of these young kids whose names you never even heard of before. And who doesn't want to sign 98 Trey Naoni jersey? But uh, everything's good so far in Liverpool. And Kev, we just keep moving forward and moving forward. We keep scoring goals. That's another clean sheet, which is good. Yeah, which is good because it had been one and eight before this. So now it's two in a row. So let's forget about the seven before that, where we couldn't keep a clean sheet. And let's just focus on keeping clean sheets going forward. Who's your man of the match, Kev? It's hard to look past Harvey Elliott, to be honest. I know uh, ITB gave it to Trey Neone because they wanted to talk to him. Sorry, not Trey Neone. No, they gave it to uh, Jaden Dance. And it's like, look, he got two goals. Yeah. But I I never give uh, man of the match to subs. You know I just don't. Um, you, you haven't played long enough. No, you haven't. I mean, and did I tell you one thing? His second goal, the fact that he was the one. Yeah, that I was, was about to say we didn't even talk about we didn't yeah. even talk about the third goal because Super Dizzle yeah. said love Bradley's strike for the third goal. We win the ball back from their throw in deep. So that's yeah. twice in a week now that we've created a goal from the opposition team having a throw in within a stone's throw of their own end line. And our forward press, fantastic. McAllister and Bobby Clark shut it down. McAllister puts a cross in. It's headed out. Connor Bradley, oof. If there's if there's a moment that deserved to be a goal, it was that audacious. Yeah. It was Suarez-esque, that outside yeah, of the foot. Yeah, outside of the foot, yeah. But he had the composure <laughs> to take it. He had Lovely. the composure to see it, that that was the right finish. You know, the keeper made a good save. But Dan's was the one who was moving in the box. That's a forward instinct, again. You know, be moving, you know, follow it in. You never know. And brilliant finish. Yeah. Shawnee Lawson there. Dan's can Dan's can be whatever he wants to be. He's got the size. He's gonna have the physicality. You can just tell the way he's his body is going to blow out, as well as hopefully he might throw another inch on him. He'll get quicker just by 
natural evolution. As he gets older, he'll get quicker and yeah. sharper. You look at Dom Solanke now, right? You look at Dom Solanke when, when he was, when we signed him, he was England under 21 international. You could see he had the raw materials with there, but it's only now that you're seeing, seeing him flourish in a Bournemouth side where he is the main man. Jaden Dance could be anything. We don't know. But at the end of the day, he's got all of the tools and he's got the instinct of a striker. Yeah. It's the hardest position to break through in at any club, especially an elite club. But he could be the future of this club going forward. He really could. He really could. Wouldn't argue with Sam Tandy giving a shout out to Bobby Clark. Wouldn't argue in you know too much at all. There was a few contenders to be fair. I'd give it to Elliot purely and simply because of the layoff for the second goal. I just thought that was perfect. And his work rate and his energy, it just didn't drop. The fact that he was he's minutes after minutes after minutes in the last few in the last few games, he's always on the go. Ashley L. Kelleher, yeah, another outstanding performance for Grieve. Um, some vital saves at key moments. Uh distribution fantastic, another outstanding performance. But yeah, it's Across the back, Gerald Kwanzaa, again, you know, solid as the day is long, strong, you know, another one who's physically got yet to grow into his body. You don't see centre-backs develop and evolve into being proper centre-backs until they're 23-24. The groundwork that he's doing this season is going to stand him in so much stead for the season, for, the, for his career. He's unbelievable. Yeah. I mean, I'm talking about, I'm looking there, right? That's 50, 100, 160, 170, potentially 220, 230 million pounds worth of transfer fees saved just on four players. And I have, I wouldn't include Keller in that. Yep. You know what I mean? It was also pure profit. Yeah. That, but that, that's massive transfer value saved that we don't have to go out and invest and give to other clubs so that they can strengthen. You know, this is money that we can reinvest when where, when and where we need to in a targeted way. Jerry gives it to Connor Bradley. Yeah, I, I'll i be honest. I thought first half he was a bit shaky. Um, I thought Suleiman gave him a proper going over at times. Um, he gave him a real tough half. But he developed and he evolved. He, just, he was be- much better in the second half. Well, he started to come inside in the second half again. And this yeah. is the second or third time where playing as that orthodox fullback, he's been okay or good. But once he starts moving inside, he just shows for the ball. Like he's got such great presence in the middle of the park to just know like the fear that a lot of people had about Trent moving into the middle is like, well, does he have that 360 degree vision? And I mean, Connor Bradley just seems to absolutely have it. I would give it to Harvey Elliott just simply because I didn't even think he'd be in the squad. I thought he would be with Luis Diaz uh, or with Wataru Endo, you know, like feed up. You've earned your rest. Go out there. You did like, we've got this one. You just relax and recover. And he went again, you know, third time in third time in eight days, he went again. He creates so much for us when it looks like we're going to struggle to create. So uh, I absolutely, absolutely love that. And then just before we go, uh, McGlinchey pointing out that we've now swapped one derby for another on Patty's weekend. It's going to be a wild one that weekend with the rugby on Saturday and hopefully yeah. people back to back slams on the line. So yeah, we've got Manchester United in the next round of the FA cup and it moves the Everton match. Is it the midweek before the final match of the season? Is that when the derby is now? Potentially unless a weekend frees up if we don't carry on in Europe, which ain't going to happen. So yes, yes. It's, oh, um, Juicy. I mean, it, it's hopefully, hopefully you're looking at it that it, this is going to be the last weekend in, or sorry, the last week of the season before the final, before the final game. And God knows what position Everton will be in by then, because even though they got four points back, they're facing another charge that will be heard next month. So we'll see how that oh. one goes. Um, for, that's for. a conversation for another day for sure yes and uh, another one conversation for another day Thor the dyslexic polyglot says Forest fans are kicking off because Chris Cavanaugh gave the Casemiro goal it looked like the Virgil goal that was ruled out in the cup final let's see if Forest refing consultant earns his money which is hilarious because that's what Clattenburg I believe 
I didn't see it, Kev. Was it? No, I didn't either. But apparently, Clattenburg was sat up in the stand with uh, Howard Webb for the entire game. (laughs) Oh, it's like a tit off between those. You couldn't make it. Hopefully, Clattenburg has gone bald so that he fits in with the rest of them. But uh, thank you, everybody, for joining us. We've now gone over the hour when I told Kev that we absolutely would not do that. But I just have so much fun doing these shows. And it's mostly because of all the ones. All the wonderful people that join us in the chat. Thank you, everybody, for joining us. Please hit that like button on the way out for us. Become a subscriber member if you have not already because uh, you are absolutely missing out on some real, real fun stuff live in real time because the best way to enjoy the Talking Cop is to be in the chat with us here. But most importantly, help us out with our 2024 fundraising partners. Help out Phil Casey with his fundraising partner. Go to footballprizes.co.uk. Get yourself something fun maybe if you're feeling a little bit lucky. But... The most important thing is that Liverpool are through to the quarterfinals of the FA Cup. The march continues, Kev. We rest, we recover, we recuperate. I know a few people in the chat were asking what the status was of a few players for potentially coming back into the squad for Saturday. You're asking Kev and I, how the fuck would we know? (laughs) Seriously. (laughs) I'll tell you what. We'll know know what the story is by the the training pictures that come out Thursday. Exactly. They'll recover they'll recover tomorrow you'll have players who weren't involved tonight will have a training session you'll know you'll know you'll get the noises coming out and the thing is they'll look at the forest game they'll analyze that they'll put Klopp will put that aside he thinks are capable of beating forest that's what he'll do all right and then away to prague next week home to man city it's just not it's non-stop we'll see where we are that's the cost of success, Kev. When you're playing at the yeah. top end, you get game after game after game after. I guess also when you're playing in the championship, you get yeah. game after game. But that's not going to be our problem, is it? We're uh, we're up at the mountaintop, not down in the lowest. Well, one thing on Brian's comment there, I don't know about Endo, but apparently Robertson was uh, ill tonight because he was ill. Yeah, yeah, it was just illness. So yeah. hopefully he'd be fine for the weekend. Yeah, he just had a case of the green apple splatters. It's nothing to worry about. He'll be right as rain, ready to go for the next one. So it's away to Forest on Saturday in a 3 o'clock, right? Yeah, it's 3 o'clock kickoff. Back-to-back 3 o'clock. That's strange. Yeah. Or no. Yeah, back-to-back league 3 o'clocks on Saturdays, which is odd because we don't get a lot of those. But what we do get a lot of is wins at home at Anfield because it's finished at Anfield. Liverpool 3, Southampton nil. On to face United in the next round. Thank you very much for... Kev for joining me tonight. Thank you, everybody in the chat for joining me. We'll see you guys on Saturday. Adios. Sports Social Podcast Network.